Americans. Someone do something about it. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. This is the Elijah Har Show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 933KWTO and stream us on the 933 mobile app. Welcome back to KWTO. An hour down, an hour to go today. What's going on in Jefferson City? What is going on with Desi and this idea of social, social uh, emotional learning? At what point do we start worrying about the declining test scores after COVID and, and, and stop worrying about these sort of made up false flag operations that, that the D- Department of Education is promoting. Joining us now, candidate for Attorney General Will Scharf. Will, but welcome back to the program. Great to be with you, Elijah. Thanks so much for having me on. Hey, we're changing it up. We're doing question of the day first, just because I know it's your favorite part of the show. Question of the day today. This should be an easy one. What's your fondest memory as a child? What's one thing that when you're an adult, you're like, oh, when I have kids, I want them to to sort of think about these things. What's your fondest memory as a kid? My fondest memory as a kid? Yeah, we're not uh, even quizzing you on like your favorite boxer or anything. Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, You know, maybe learning to fish with my dad and my uncle. Uh, you know, we spent a lot of my childhood in Jacksonville, Florida. We used to go off St. Augustine and, you know, fish for, uh, for kingfish, Spanish mackerel, that kind of thing. It was, uh, really, really happy memories there. I'd probably go with that. That's amazing. I, I love that answer. I similarly, my dad was less fishing, more hunting. And I remember going bow hunting for deer with him in Iowa and I'm a kid. I cannot do these 80-pound draws. And we'd sit there for hours not moving a muscle. And I remember being like, I know my dad says fishing is not that interesting, but I feel like I'd be doing more things than I am when I'm deer hunting with him. Yeah, I forget who said it, but fishing's like yoga, except you get to kill something at the end. I, I, I've, always, uh, I've always liked fishing, whether it's you know fly or spin stuff on, on rivers here in Missouri or, or deep sea when I get the opportunity. But uh but yeah, bow hunting as a little kid, that's got to be uh, that's got to be pretty tough. It is. All right, Will, you're running for attorney general. You've been pretty uh pretty out there and active this week talking about why our state board of education seems to be taking their eye off the ball. Talk to us about what's going on there. Yes, yeah, so yes, I guess the day before yesterday the news came out that our state board of education is issuing regulations uh, basically requiring every school in the state to include what's called social-emotional learning in their curriculum. Now, social-emotional learning, this is just a new leftist catchword, the same way that critical theory, critical race theory was a couple years ago. This is an attempt to inject leftist dogma uh, into Missouri schools. And the crazy thing is, is Missouri's a red state. You know, we talk about it all the time. Every statewide office holder, supermajorities in both houses of the legislature, But we have blue state schools, and the people who end up suffering for that are Missouri's children and and Missouri's parents. It's outrageous. I hope the legislature does something about it. I won't hold my breath on that, given the way our our legislature has been the last couple of years. Uh, But it's just another example of how Jefferson City uh, is failing Missouri conservatives. You know, and it's funny because I, I don't understand how they decide who they want to bring in. 
but they also just just this week they decided to bring in the 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 national education person to come to Missouri. Same person who 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 has been a longtime opponent of parents being involved in their kids' education, calling them terrorists and things like that. It makes you wonder what's going on in Jeff City. Where's the disconnect between Jeff City and the rest of Missouri? And sitting right next to the the head of the Federal Department of Education was Margie Van Dieven, the head of DESI, our State Department of Education, who was appointed under Jay Nixon. Uh, She's a a, a liberal by disposition and beliefs. Uh, She's done a terrible job with Missouri schools. Uh, If that's where our state's education establishment is at, we have a real problem. And conservatives need to wake up to the fact that the results we're getting out of Jefferson City are lousy. Less than one in four Missouri eighth graders are proficient in math and reading. And meanwhile, the only thing our state board of education and DESI seem to care about is indoctrinating young children with more leftism. It's insane. This is the sort of thing you'd expect to be happening in San Francisco, uh, but not here in Missouri. I presume uh, mask ordinances and maybe uh, shelter in place and school from home will be will be shortly after that. Will, you're running for attorney general. For those people who don't know you, give them a little background on you and why you decided to run for attorney general here in Missouri. Yes. Yeah, so before before this, I was a violent crime prosecutor up in St. Louis, where you may have heard we have an awful lot of violent crime. Uh, during the Trump administration, I worked on judicial confirmations and nominations. Uh, I was on the teams that confirmed Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court, uh, worked on lower court federal judges, their confirmation processes all over the country. Uh, before that, I was actually policy director to Governor Eric Greitens. Now, that administration didn't end the way that we were we were hoping it would, obviously. And, you know, there were some real issues there. But one thing that we were pretty strong on is is trying to hold Desi accountable and trying to hold the education establishment accountable. That's when I first became passionate about, you know, this basket of issues. I've committed that if I'm elected attorney general, we're going to investigate Desi. I'd love to work with some of the state reps who are already doing good work on this issue. Darren Chappell from, from your neck of the woods is a is a great example of that. He's been holding their feet to the fire on budgetary issues this past year. Uh, I think we need much more conservative oversight of the way education policy is done in this state. And that's one of the main reasons I decided to step up and run to be uh, to be our next attorney general. Uh, you know, one of the things you've you've discussed on the trail is sort of the conservative brain drain that has happened in the attorney general's office since Eric Schmidt moved to the Senate. Talk about what what do we do to restore these conservative litigators back to Missouri? Well, first, I mean, you need to prioritize hiring conservatives. There have been huge management issues in that office since Schmidt left. They've had huge staff turnover. I think they've lost about 20, 25 percent of their lawyers uh, since January, many of whom haven't been replaced. The office is now contracting out, you know, pretty run of the mill cases to private counsel uh, just because they don't they don't have the staff to, to handle this sort of thing. And then at the national level, you know, our attorney general's office has not initiated a single new lawsuit against the Biden administration since Schmidt left. I think we need to be doing more to hold the federal government accountable, not less. And that's just a prioritization question more than anything else. You know, while while Biden's been president, the attorneys general around the country uh, in a, a few states really stand out have been sort of the backstop against the encroachment of the liberal agenda and and the state. 
you know, none of us want to talk about the possibility of a second Biden term. But if that does happen, we all know that our rights and liberties probably are in the balance there. What's the what's the path if if you win reelection, if Biden wins reelection? How do we keep that encroachment back? Yeah, I mean, we've got to we've got to be willing to stand up to them. I look to attorneys general like Patrick Morrissey in West Virginia, who's done incredible work holding Biden's EPA accountable. Todd Rakita in Indiana. I mean, we have some conservative warriors around the country who have stepped into the breach. Uh, and and we need uh, we need more people who are willing to take on those kinds of fights and who are able to take on those kinds of fights. You know, I remember when we were working on the Kavanaugh confirmation in D.C., you had a ton of Republicans who, when the going got hot, uh, they wanted to back down and they wanted to, uh, you know, they wanted to, to bail on the guy. Uh, I thought that was the wrong approach. Fortunately, President Trump thought that was the wrong approach. We took on the fight. We won the fight. And that's a, a key reason why we've been able to build the most conservative Supreme Court in a century. Uh, I think we need conservatives who know how to fight. We also need conservatives who know how to win. Uh, and that's, you know, really not just my race, but up and down the ballot. Missouri voters need to be taking a, a hard look at the people they're electing uh, and make sure that they're putting the, the right people in offices from from local local offices like school board uh, all the way on up. I think you're going to have some hot school board elections in, in Springfield this coming April again. It's so important that, you know, conservatives in, in communities all across the state stand up and, and stand up for what we believe in. You know, that's one of the things when you talk about the, the Kavanaugh fight. A few years ago, every every Republican in the state wanted to fight her. But I think one of the things that I've I've heard and seen from these people is we don't just want anger and we don't just want fighting. We want cons- like a plan to fight and we're not going to back down, but we want a plan to fight and to win. And that is, I think, probably as much as anything I hear from central committee members and 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 people that are 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 concerned about the future is hey we want somebody who's going to be an effective warrior for us actually understands the way the game is played and is going to say i'm not going to back down but i'm also not going to just go and scramble every day i've got a plan to win this fight yeah i think that's exactly right and look we're seeing it with you know what they're doing to president trump now you know i've been working with president trump's team to defend him against uh, all these these different lawsuits they're throwing at him uh, the left is intent on on destroying us, uh, and we need conservatives who who understand that. We need conservatives who have a good sense of strategy, uh, who have taken on tough fights before and won tough fights before, uh, and that's really a, a core to our message. Uh, Will, if people want to know more about your campaign for attorney general, how do they find out more about you on social media? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Truth Social, at Will Sharp. Uh, and our website is www.votesharp.com. I uh, would, would love to get more conservatives involved. We've been spending a lot of time in southwest Missouri. We're going to be spending a lot more time in southwest, southwest Missouri. And uh, it's going to be a fun race. Will, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Great to be with you, Elijah. Thanks a lot. Again, that's Will Scharf. He's running for attorney general here in the state of Missouri. And I just totally candidly, I know Will well. Will, when I was up in the legislature, Will was a policy guy. He was a wog. We worked together on the tax cut that we did in 2019 at the time, the biggest tax cut in Missouri history. And all the people talk about the tax cut that was done a couple years later. Well, they just sped up our tax cuts and claimed it for their own. But Will was a lot of the brainchild behind that. 
You want to talk about a guy who's a total warrior, Ivy League law grad, uh, ready to do battle. He's he's that type of person. So I've, I've gotten to meet Will like a handful of times. If you want to listen to Will talk about education for longer, you can do that with our uh, one of our old podcast episodes from the Elijah Har Show. Spotlight on Schooling, I believe is what it was called. You can go back and find that Spotlight on Schooling on Spotify. You were not here, Elijah. That's why you have a confused look on your face. But uh, it was really good, and I like the fact, uh, I really like what you said, because he does seem like the type of guy who, A, is going to fight and going to fight hard, but is not going to run in half blind and just start screaming and yelling at people. The dude has a plan. There are different types of people, and there are different types of politicians. Will's the type of guy that when Will checks out for the day, Will is sitting at home dreaming up new ideas for the next day. They're like my favorite type of people. Oh, I'm not just going out to dinner or going to watch the ball game or I know I'm this guy. I'm not doing a fantasy football draft tonight. Will literally goes home and it's like, oh, well, this didn't work today. So tomorrow, what do we do? And he gets on the phone. He calls people. He sort of like drums up these ideas. The next day you see Will, and I know this because I worked with Will back when I was in the legislature. He'd every day he'd come in, he'd have some new idea. He's like, well, I was thinking about this, or I called so-and-so from the Cato Institute last night, and this is the way we could break through this issue. He's that type of person. And, and whether or not he wins attorney general, that's the type of person that if he gets elected, he'll all, he, he never shuts off the brain. The plan of moving the ball forward on the conservative field of policy never actually stops. You walk to the sideline and time out. You're not taking a drink. You're not taking a phone break. You're not checking out, checking out for a while. It's, oh, I'm getting the next play and coming back in. And that, that's a, that's a solid value. It is. Um, I want to ask you a question uh, again about education. Will, real quick, last, last nice thing I'll say about him because he is still on the line and listening to all of this stuff. <laughs> I thought we let him go. Whoops. No, we, we didn't, we haven't hung up yet and it doesn't look like he have, he has either. So he's just listening to us talk about all this, all these nice things about him. Last nice thing I'll say about him is that he's just a genuinely nice guy. Like he walked into the studio, shook my hand. I was probably in like athletic shorts and a stained t-shirt and he just like shook my hands and, and everything. He, he was great. Real quick. I want your take, Elijah, on this mental health learning thing because on its surface, like most policies that are being pushed these days by the Democratic Party, it sounds like a good thing. If you just say, hey, students need counseling or students need to be able to talk about their feelings, all of that stuff. On its surface, that sounds like a good thing, but it seems like most Republicans are kind of wagging their finger at this. Why is that? It's easy. We're like, I'm a parent. I've got four kids. I don't need to send my kids to school to learn emotional health. I send my kids to school so they can teach them. Here's how to, to do advanced mathematics. Here's how to diagram a sentence. Here's how to understand the value in literature. And here's about history and how not to repeat the mistakes of history. Like, I don't send my kids to school to learn their societal and emotional dogma. I send them to school to be educated. I, that's how I was educated. That's how they, I want my kids to have vast achievements in life. If we send them to school and their focus is how we do societal and emotional, like I, 
That's a waste of my time. And if that's what they're going to learn, I would rather homeschool them or send them to a private school where they can learn a foreign language or advanced mathematics or whatever else it is that they need to get into good schools and have a successful career long term. I don't need my schools to be some patty cake place that my tax dollars are going to to teach them the things that I teach them at home. And that's that I think Will and I agree on that. And I think that is the plan that, listen, a conservative red state, we create a school system that teaches them educational value. And I get it. I was homeschooled. My brother's kids are homeschooled. My sister's kids are homeschooled. My kids go to public school. And so far, they've got a pretty decent education. But I know there's a lot of leftovers from the Jay Nixon administration still running things up there. And half the time, we're banging our heads against this. And that's why these school board fights end up being so important. Okay, tell you what, we're going to we're running out of time. We're going to have a special guest. We're going to have Joelle Cannon come in after these messages. We're going to ask her the question today. But we're also going to dive into this whole discussion about Tucker Carlson. Because if you've watched him, Tucker's taking some chances. I want to get her take on that. We'll be right back.